Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Keys of the Kingdom. That's our series that we're in right now, and we're actually to the third key right here, and that's uh, baptism. Um, Many religions believe that baptism is just a declaration of your faith. However, it is much more than that. Actually, I'm going to have you stand for the reading of the word. Um, So that is why it's one of the four keys of the kingdom. It's really important. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn to, to my opening text. I have two passages this morning. One is Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and the other is John 3, verses 5. So let's start at Mark 16, 15. In both of these scriptures, Jesus is giving instruction on his, to his disciples about baptism and, and how it is one of the keys to the kingdom. Uh, Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Does anyone want to be saved this morning and go to heaven? Amen. What about the better question, does anyone want to be damned and go to hell? No? All right, bro. I think uh, my job's done here, actually. You can take over. Everyone wants to get baptized, I see. No, I'm kidding. There's a whole lot more about baptism And I'm going to try to keep it um, short as I want to be respectful of your time today. John 3 verses 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, say baptism, and of the Spirit, say the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts, that you would open up our minds to see the truth in your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you would speak through me and help me with this message. Help us to rightly divide your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There are many religions that believe that all you have to do is have the first key that we talked about in this series, and that is faith. And they get that from the scripture In Ephesians 2, verses 8, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Yes, you are saved by grace, by the grace of God, and yes, faith is one of the keys to the kingdom, but the Bible does not end there, right? Many religions and churches refuse to believe that baptism is one of the keys to heaven. I want to go to Acts. Um, 16 verse 30. In this passage, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are traveling around the eastern part of the Roman Empire. And in Macedonia, Paul meets a wealthy Gentile woman named Lydia. And she asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy household. But Nate, I thought all you had to do I thought you had to do more than just believe and you had to have then and then just to have faith. So let's continue reading. Verse 32 says, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. 
So they started preaching the gospel and telling them what they needed to do to be saved. Verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway, or he and his children. You see, if I would have stopped after reading um, that Paul said, believe in Jesus and thou shalt be saved, you would have missed the whole part about being baptized, right? And that's why it's important not to just take one scripture out of text, but to actually read where it is in the text. James, verse, uh, James 2 verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou dost well. The devil also believes and trembles. You see, even the devil believes in Jesus. But that doesn't mean he's going to heaven, right? Amen. Just want to make sure that was clear. <laughs> Acts 22, verse 16. And now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So what does baptism do? It washes away your sins. You see, asking for forgiveness is not enough. Let's say, for instance, that one morning I came into the sanctuary here and I brought my cup of coffee which, by the way, is frowned upon in this establishment, (laughs) at least in the sanctuary. But let's say I didn't follow the rules, and as I was walking up the center aisle, I tripped and I spilt my coffee all over. Not only would I be very upset with myself, um, I'm sure you guys might be a little upset, and I would ask for forgiveness. And of course, you being the nice church that I know you are, you would forgive me, right? But guess, uh, and, the, and then we would just go on with service and we would, we would leave that Sunday. But guess what? That, that stain is still right there in the middle of the aisle, right? You say, you forgave me for my mistake, just like God forgives you when you repent for your mistake. But the stain is still there until we call the rug doctor to come and clean the stain and to remove it. In this same way, we can ask for forgiveness and be forgiven, but that does not wash away our sins. Only Baptism can do that. Acts 2, 36 through 39. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made um, the same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. Say key number two. And be baptized. Key number three. Every one of you. So who should be baptized? Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's literally washing away your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Is God still calling people? Then this promise is still for you right here, right now. This promise is for you. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I came here to tell you today that baptism is for you. It was so important that even Jesus did it. He didn't need to get baptized. He was sinless and he was spotless. He was a spotless lamb who died so that our sins may be forgiven and forgotten through baptism. But he was still baptized to be an example to us. 
Romans 6, 3-7 says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that, as, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So let's go back to verse 4. It says, we are buried with him. By what? By baptism. They were buried with Jesus. You see, you cannot be baptized by just sprinkling with, by being just sprinkled with water. When someone dies, do we just sprinkle them with dirt? No. You see, the, the word baptize in the Greek translates to baptizo, which literally means to immerse or to submerge into. This is not to be confused by the Greek word bapto, which means to be dipped. So the best example that I could find to explain this is a recipe that was written by a Greek poet for making pickles. Pickles. He wrote that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should be first dipped or bapto into boiling water, and then it should be baptized or baptizo, into the vinegar solution. You see, both of these verbs concern the immersing of vegetables in a solution, but bapto, or dipped, is temporary. The second, the act of baptizing the vegetable, produces a permanent change. That's, that's good. That's good. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Does anyone want to have a permanent change this morning? Does anyone want to be put to put Christ on them? Does anyone want their sins washed away? Do you want to walk in newness of life? Amen. Amen. So if we go back to Acts 2:38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So what name? In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But Nathan, why did Jesus command them in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That's a good point. But let me take you back to sixth grade English class. It says, in the name of it's, it doesn't say names. It's singular, meaning that there is one name, and his name is Jesus. Amen. I even want to take it a step further. I'm going to break this, this whole sentence down for you and tell you exactly the whole sentence structure. Go ye therefore. So this is your commandment. In an English class, that's your directive. Teach. That's your verb. All nations. This is the object of the action baptizing them, which is another action. So we have been told to perform an action to all nations where we are commanded to go. In the is a subordinating conjunction or words. In other words, it means to introduce an adverb clause. Name, this is an intransitive verb in this sentence, which is a fancy way of saying a verb with no direct object. Of the Father, 
prepositional phrase, which add meaning to nouns and verbs. Of the Son, another prepositional phrase. And of the Holy Ghost, yet another prepositional phrase. That's why it's saying of. Understand here that Father, Son, and Holy Ghost aren't names. They are descriptive titles. They tell something about the name, but they have not revealed the name. Remember, name is an intransitive verb because it has no direct object. The actual name is not here, and that is because it is the name of Jesus, the one who is speaking here. Paul, who wrote Acts 2.38, was there when Jesus said this, along with Matthew. And so why then would Paul say to baptize in the name of Jesus if Jesus himself was telling him something different? You see, Paul understood what Jesus was saying. He was not preaching a different message. He was given the name and not just the titles. You see, titles are limiting and God cannot be limited. If you have the title of a Brookfield police officer, your power is limited to this jurisdiction. If you are the owner of Subway, you do not have any say in how Cousins or Jersey Mike's runs their company, right? You see, God cannot be limited. God is many things to many people. He is my spiritual father. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, my protector, my healer. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. God cannot be limited, but his name is still and remains Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, I can be a father myself. I can also be a son. I am a son. I can't be a Holy Spirit because I'm not God. But I can also have the titles of being a doctor, right? So pretend with me that those are my titles. Father, son, and doctor. If I went to sign a check with one of my titles and I tried to use that at the bank, they would think I'm crazy, right? I cannot sign my check as father. I cannot sign my check as son or doctor. Why? Because that is not my name. The same goes for God. His titles are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but those are not his name. His name is Jesus, and that is the name that has all power and all authority, and that is why his name is the one and only name that should be used for baptisms. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, Nate, I don't know if you're right about all that. All the other churches around here don't baptize that way, and that's true, and that is one of the things that makes this church different. But I'll give you everything that I got if you can just show me one place in the Bible where the baptizer said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I'll give you everything I got. But if you ask me to show you one place where the baptizer said, in the name of Jesus, I'll show you four places where they put them under, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing like that name. There is no other name. There is no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, it really doesn't matter, Nate. Okay, well, if it really doesn't matter, I still want to do it the way they did it in the Bible. But what about the Father and the Holy Ghost? You're just taking the name of the middle one, Jesus. That's a whole different sermon for another time. 
Here we believe in one God and his name is Jesus Christ. But let's just say that I, that I am wrong. If I was going to choose one of the names, I would want to choose the one that died for me. And the last time that I checked, it was Jesus that died for me. So I think I will be buried with Jesus. Amen. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. You see, it is in the likeness. It is a true picture. It is an identification. When you say that I want to be baptized into Jesus' name, you're not saying that I want to be a member of LifeSpring Church. You're saying that when I get baptized into Jesus' name, I am identifying with him. I want everybody to know that I am him. I want everyone to know that I am identifying with Christ. His name is what brings the authority. Acts 3 verses 1 through 7 now Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I, as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So what name did Peter use? He used the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the name that has all power and all authority. I find it very interesting that many churches baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Um, but when they are praying for healing, they say in Jesus' name. Because they know that's the name that has the authority. But then somehow they get it confused with baptism. They think it's different. You see, Jesus is the one who died for us. He is the one that we are buried with. So even for a Trinitarian, it makes more sense to baptize in Jesus' name. So I brought today this little illustration to show you today on how the name of Jesus washes away our sins. I have these three glasses here. And the first represents Jesus. The second represents the sin in this world. And the third represents us. Do you see how sin separates us from Jesus? That's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> First John 1 verses 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Romans 3.23 says, We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
And when sin entered this world, when Adam and Eve sinned for the first time, this is actually more how we look. We have dirt in us. We're not clear. We're not clean even when we're born. We have sin in us. But when you ask for forgiveness and are baptized into Jesus' name, your sins are forgiven and you are washed clean again. Amen, amen. Just like they did in the book of Acts. So do you see how Jesus' name takes away the, uh, the sins? It's the detergent factor. You see, you can't get that carpet stain out that was in the middle of the aisle without that detergent. Jesus' name is like that detergent factor. And when you go under and you are buried in Jesus' name, that detergent factor makes you clean again and he washes away all of your sins. So God placed on him the sin of us all when he came to, to this earth. He took all the sin onto him. But you see, sin has nothing on God. You can't, you can't take, you can't, uh, Jesus is perfect. He's the spotless lamb. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. And when he came, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He came to, to forgive every one of all of the sins that were ever there. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Many people today think that they are saved by accepting Christ as their Savior. Or asking Jesus into their heart. Or believing on the Lord. Many times that is not even real repentance. Because repentance is being sorry enough to change. But even for those who really repent. Many people stop there and they go no further. This is the theological equivalent of leaving Jesus on the cross. Paul told us that the next part of the gospel was Jesus' burial. And Peter told us that our next step is baptism into Jesus' name. Notice in the Bible that they did not delay to get baptized. I want to turn to Acts 2.41. It says, in the same, the same day they went and got baptized. Acts 16.33 says, the same hour, the same hour. Acts 9 verses 18 says, immediately they went to get baptized. Acts 10.48, he commanded them to be baptized. Acts 22 verse 16, why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. I know there are some of you that are asking, what if I have already been baptized? Acts 19, 3 through 5 says, And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto, unto John's baptism. 
Then said Paul, John verily baptized with baptism of, with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, or you have not been immersed in water, then it is okay to get rebaptized. 1 Peter 3, verses 18 through 21. For Christ also hath once suffered for, for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but, God, uh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was uh, preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, there is a supernatural shift in my relationship with God when I am baptized in Jesus' name. I enter into a legal covenant with him that forever has implications on my relationship with sin. If Even if you're a backslider or you're a sinner, baptism is an announcement of a covenant, not by you, but by God. It's not just you saying that I belong to Jesus. It is Jesus saying you belong to me. We are in a covenant together. And that is why if you have already been baptized in Jesus' name, he looks back to the covenant that he made with you and not only forgives you of your sin when you repent, but it is also covered by his, by his blood through baptism. Amen. If you would stand, the devil cannot legally bring up your past. God declares that he has forgotten your past. And only you can choose to go back to your past. If you are a sinner, repent and initiate a baptism covenant. And if you are a backslider or need to, to God to forgive you of your sins, repent and return to your covenant. Amen. In closing, I would like to look at Acts 4 verse 12. It says, Neither is thou salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. It's in Jesus' name. And if you have never been fully put under the water in Jesus' name, I would encourage you to do so today. And do not delay. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Today is the day of salvation. Do not delay this vital key to the kingdom can be yours this morning. Be like eunuch this morning where he said in Acts 8, 36, Here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Amen. If you'd bow your heads. Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I repent and I turn away from those sins, Lord. I ask that if I have not been baptized, that you would give me the courage to be like the men in the Bible and do not delay. 
Lord, I know that I must be baptized not only by immersion, but also to be put under the water in your name so that I can be buried with you. Lord, if I have been baptized the correct way and have made that covenant with you, Lord, I pray that you would remember it again and that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I am not perfect and I never will be. I thank you, Lord, for your grace that I am saved by. Thank you for coming to this world and dying on a cross so that I may have eternal life with you one day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.